Access Bodybuilding with me, Aaron Sigerman, and my co-host, Christina Voynich. Christina, what's in the news for this week? Victor Martinez speaks from jail, the resurgence of Chad Nichols, 300-pound naked bodybuilder attacks a couple, and our interview of the week is 1983 Mr. Olympia Samir Benut. Yep, Christina, uh, I guess we'll just start right off at the beginning uh, with the first story. Victor Martinez speaks from jail, and um, as everybody knows now, Victor has been in, uh, we're, we're looking at a climbing up on two months. We're pretty close to two months now. And um, really, the, the, there has been no new news. Uh, I know that just recently, as of this week, I think Monday, he was supposed to have a hearing um, that either didn't go well or there was no new news or either didn't happen because I didn't hear anything about it. Um, and really, I guess the, the news is that there is no new news. Um, the, the hearing, the next hearing that's for sure when, when he'll actually go back in front of the judge and a decision will be made is in January, in the beginning of January. And uh, until then, I really don't foresee much happening. No, considering that, you know, we still know just about nothing. Nothing for, <laughs> nothing for sure. That's for sure. We, 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 I've been able to surmise some stuff and we've worked out some stuff. But in reality, the, the, we don't have a lot of facts. We're going on a lot of supposition and and guesswork and and logic, not a lot of actual facts, facts. Sure, exactly. Uh, So I was very excited to see um, that Ron Harris on uh, Muscular Development, everybody uh, who reads Muscular Development knows uh, Ron Harris. He's he's their, their, I don't want to say their only writer, but their main writer for sure. And uh, he does all the columns for all the athletes. He writes most of the features. And he had the opportunity to call Victor Martinez and speak to him while he was in lockup. Um, I, I, we discussed this before. He's at the New Jersey uh, uh, lockup center. Or it's like a, a holding facility, an ice holding facility of sorts uh, that's actually in the jurisdiction of uh, New York, but uh, is located in New Jersey. Anyway, he had an opportunity to call him and do an interview of sorts. So when I saw that there was an interview, um, you know, I was excited because I was like, wow, this could be something, you know, obviously I haven't had the opportunity to do this. And uh, even if I was able to, Victor is signed with MD, and I would imagine that he, he couldn't talk to me even if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. So basically what I thought, I, I don't want to you know ruin it for you all out there because I imagine most people probably haven't read this yet, um, is I want to kind of, me and you will, will read the questions and talk about the stuff that seems important. Now, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of these questions in the beginning that don't really, don't really matter much. But the first one, he's actually calling Victor on Thanksgiving. And uh, he wishes Victor a Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving and everything. And, and he asked Victor if his kids came to see him. And uh, Victor says, no, my younger daughter came in once and the other kids haven't been in. I don't want them to see me here. I really don't want anybody to see me because it makes things a lot more grim for me. They come in and they leave and I'm still here. It's just easier this way. Plus, I hate to inconvenience people in the whole process that they have to go through just for a visit. Um, now, I don't know, Christine, have you ever uh, visited anybody in jail before or prison? I never have, no. So I've uh, never been through that process or the experience before. Uh, I have a few times, a few different people in federal prison and stuff like that. And, and, you know, they're very happy to see people. Everybody who's in there, of course, you know, visiting somebody from the outside is very exciting, you know, because it's, it's something different in their day. But it's always sad for everybody because, like he says, you know, you leave. The person visiting leaves. And it's right. just a reminder, like, oh, this person is leaving to go back to their life. And and uh, Victor, in this case, is stuck. Well, I'm sure, you know, they're excited to see the person. But, yeah, it's the moment and they then have to say goodbye again. 
And it's like, well, especially it's tough when you have young kids, sure. you know, um, it's different if it's your wife, different if it's a brother or sister or parent. But when you have young kids who may not understand why daddy is staying and we have to leave, right. you know, that's going to be a tough thing. Absolutely. And Victor, and people don't realize this, and it wasn't always this way, but Victor is uh, something of a family man now. You know, he has, he, I think he has three kids and um, maybe even four kids, I believe. I know he's got at least three. And, um, you know, he does a lot. A lot of what he does is for his kids at this point. When you get to, you know, Victor's approaching 40 and, and I think he's thinking big picture, you know, or he was before this happened. Yeah, for sure. Well, the next question that um, that Ron had asked after that one said, uh, OK, the next question is quite ridiculous in the big picture, but all the meatheads want to know, are you holding your size? And Victor responded, I'm down about 10 or 15 pounds, I guess. I'm not sure. I'm not weighing myself. So clearly he's lost some weight, but he doesn't know the exact amount. It's not like they have, you know, scales available in all the rooms for him to check. check. But um, this, the, the next question, Aaron, that you'll cover kind of sums up his what he's able to do regards to exercising. I, I want to I just say, before we even get into the, these other questions, is that uh, I was... I was very like hopeful for this interview, and I started to like when I got to that question about um, ho- are you holding your size? I was like, oh, that's the that's the next question you're going to ask is like you know after the kids are going to ask about is he still like big? You know, it seems like um, kind of a strange <laughs> a strange question to ask. You know what I mean? Well, it's, yeah, because like he said, it seems ridiculous in the big picture, which it is ridiculous in the big picture. Yeah, um, that that, that's last really question. not. Yeah, that's really not the most important thing. Um, you know, the most important thing is, are you, are you coming home? Yeah, or, or, even, or even why, <laughs> why, why are you in there? Why are you in there, why why are you in, there in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he does ask him, what kind of equipment do you have in there? And uh, he says, nothing except a chin-up bar, no weights. And he says that, you know, this kind of thing can get redundant, repetitive, if that's all you got to do. Victor says, I'm, not, I'm trying not to atrophy too much, but at the same time, I can't worry too much about it either. You know... I can only imagine that that uh, his concern for the size of his muscles has to be pretty small on, on on the scale of what's important at the time, you know. I'm sure it's in the back of his mind because um, I, of course, he's got a lot of free time. Yeah, uh, I guess so. In there, so I, I'm sure while he's concerned about getting out and, and and clearing his case up and seeing his family and all of that, you know, he has to remember this is still his profession. Right. So of course, he's still thinking about it. A little bit, but yeah, it's not at the forefront of his mind by any means. Um, the next thing that Ron asks is, how's the food? Which, if you've never been, uh, again, these aren't necessarily the questions we would ask. <laughs> but um, this is something that it, when you are a bodybuilder and you have to think about your your food and holding weight, you're not necessarily trying to gain muscle wire in, in jail, but you're trying to hold your weight. you got to make sure you're eating at least decent food. So, um it's even the thing that people were talking about. Um, oh, Silvio Samuel, that he'd been yeah. in jail and how on earth was he able to stay on his diet? Cause they don't exactly give you the most nutritious meal. So um, he responded with pretty much mostly slop. Uh, they feed you enough to keep you alive. Uh, he says there's stuff that looks like tuna, but it's not tuna. Um, it says there's a lot of mystery meat. They give you a lot of bread, but it's all white bread. Um, they can't have supplements or else he said he'd be having his MHP shakes and pudding every day. I like that plug. He's trying to throw in that plug <laughs> for uh, Jared Dentehead over at MHP. 
you got to do that yeah. so you know you probably still got your sponsorship when you go. Yeah, I'm sure. Trust me, I guarantee you he was thinking that when he answered that question. Absolutely. Um, he said, I could hold my weight if I ate all the carbs and sugar, but I don't want to put fat on. So the commissary here makes uh, big bucks selling candy to the inmates. There are guys walking around here with three or four cavities and diabetes. You know, no thanks. I'll lose a little muscle instead. So clearly he's, you know, going to just preserve what he has. Um even at the risk of not eating all of the, you know, goodies, I guess, if you will, because um, then he risks putting on fat, and that just will make things more difficult once he's able to get out. I guess, I guess. Um, he says, so this is where he gets to something that, that I, I mean, to be honest with you, I would have asked all those questions. I would have saved them for the end, like, that's what you finish the interview with, you know, the, the stuff that's uh, inconsequential, but people might think is interesting, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, so he says, what's going on with your case? That's very generic, but I'm like a general, but he, Victor answers. It's all up to Officer Ramos from Immigration Customs Enforcement. He's in charge of my case and he could let me go at any time, give me bail or probation. I'm not at flight risk. Where would I go? Why would I go anywhere? This is all about me trying to stay here where I've lived most of my life. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like it. I don't know enough about what's going on with him to know if that if that's a reality. I, I don't think that, from what I understand, I don't think that his case officer can make that determination that he could let him go at any time. I think that the, at this point, it's there's something bigger going on than, than an immigration customs enforcement case officer. You know what I mean? I wonder if they could let him go at any time back to the Dominican Republic. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, that's, I don't what know. I, that's what I'm assuming it is. I'm assuming that they could let him leave and give him bail. I put him on probation, yeah. but it's not going to be in the States. That's when you ask a follow-up question about that. But instead, he asks, uh, how does Hudson County compare to Rikers Island, where you did 60 days a few years ago? He says, it's the same. Jail is jail. You got guys here doing federal time, others doing state time. At least at Rikers, some of the correctional officers let me work out in their gym and got me some extra food. Working out would really help me mentally right now, but it's not an option. So... I don't know. I, from everything I heard, this Hudson County uh, detention center is absolutely horrible. But I guess a jail is a jail. You know what I mean? Sure. And the next question that he asked was, are you in danger there? Are you worried about your safety? Um, you know, Victor's a big guy. Yeah. So either A, the other fellow big guys, of course, they may not be Victor's size, you know, maybe would want to pick on him. I don't want to say pick on him, but, you know, try to start shit. Or people would just leave him alone because he is so big. So he said, um, I'm mostly worried about controlling myself. If a situation came up where someone pushed me to act out to defend myself, I get very frustrated in here with this whole situation I'm in. And the only thing that's ever really happened, really helped me control my anger is training. He said, that's where I take it all out, out on the weights. Um, said, it's definitely tough not having an outlet. I don't want to catch another case in here. If you get into a fight in here, especially if the other guy gets hurt bad, you get charged for that. Um, he said, I let the COs know if someone is getting on my nerves and trying to start shit with me. Like he said, like I said, um, and not because I'm scared of them. I'm scared of having a felony charge on top of everything else, a felony assault charge, excuse me, on top of everything else. He said that, uh, luckily most of the guys who want to play show off by picking on the weakest guys, so they don't bother me. So that's good to know that, you know, he's at least protecting himself, if not for his physical self, but, um, you know, for his record there that he doesn't want to get in any more trouble yeah. than, um, than he may already be in. People don't realize Victor spent a majority of his life as a street guy, you know, um, 
there's a lot of bad pretend badasses in bodybuilding. Victor is the real deal, you know? Uh, right. And uh, I, I, not to mention, he's obviously a very big, strong guy, but he's the real deal, period. So um, like of all the guys that I wouldn't want to have a problem with that are pro bodybuilders, Victor would be on, I think he'd probably be on the very top of the list. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be worried about Victor one-on-one. I, the only thing I would be worried about and what we talked about originally when we found out about this place, because I'm sure that he's the biggest guy there. You know, these are all, Immigrants, so I imagine it's probably a lot of Hispanic guys, which are generally not Victor's size. You know, sure. Most when you visit the Dominican Republic, I imagine he's got to be the biggest guy there. And I've been to Mexico, and I know that they don't have a lot of Victor Martinez walking around. <laughs> you know, um, I think that, that what I was worried about for Victor is gang stuff. Right. You know, if you you know you got uh, thirty Mexicans with little knives, you know you're in trouble. Well, yeah, that's 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 one way, but I think he's probably that much bigger compared to the guys that they just don't want to mess with him. Yeah, um, he says, "Good to know." What's your typical day like in there? Uh, he said he get he's got a job working in food service. I made fifty grand at the Olympia, another fifty grand at the Arnold Europe, but here I work for a dollar a day. But I get more food this way. My shift starts at seven a.m., eleven a.m., and five p.m., and I wear an apron and gloves to serve food to other inmates. It's just passing time. I've got a lot more reading to do. Also, uh, he says he's finished four books and he's halfway through a fifth one. He watches football games when they're on, uh, but he has to read closed caption because it's so loud in there except when the lights are out. And um, that's pretty amazing to think of Victor Martinez, you know, just came off the Arnold Europe win. You know, he's he did great in uh, India. I mean, he's had a great year. And right now to think that three times a day he's wearing, uh, you know, apron and gloves and like a food hat serving a slop to inmates. It's pretty unbelievable. I wonder if that helps pass the time a little bit more. You know, I know I know he said he's able to get more food that way. So that's I mean, that's a good thing. Um, But it probably helps him pass time. The interesting thing now is the next question that Ron asked kind of goes back to the case question um he said so are you hoping to possibly get out in december which is i think is a question a lot of people you know want to know with his um scheduled hearing coming in january so he responded with i spoke to an officer and i'm trying to get my case reviewed reviewed next week i'm not expecting anything the next hearing i'm definitely i definitely have scheduled is in early january so you know Hopefully next week there may be something, um, but I, I don't know that that Which sounds think, too, too that promising. Was, I think what they're talking about was the thing that was supposed to be this week, I believe. Uh, Possibly. Um, well, because Thanksgiving was, uh, yeah. So I guess that was that that was what I was hearing that was supposed to be uh, Monday. So I'm assuming nothing came of that unless it was moved to later on in the week. I don't think there was a lot of even a lot of hope for that. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the next thing he asks about, do people know who you are in there? And he goes through that some people know him, some people don't. You know, uh, People ask him a lot of questions. He knows some people in there. But in reality, the, the, that's not too important. The next question is, I assume, Ron says, I assume you're hoping to do the Arnold Classic in March. And he says, yeah. Victor says, yeah, for sure I will do it if I can get out by December 10th. Um, December 10th, incidentally, will be uh, in four days from now. Um, as we're recording this Tuesday night, uh, that's the 6th. Um, assuming I can get out December 10th, uh, much later than that, and I'd be really pushing it because I would need a minimum of 12 weeks to train for that. I'd want to do the Flex Pro right before the Arnold, too. I felt great at the Olympia and the Shrew Classic, and I know I can look like that again. Well, I don't think I'm going out too far on a limb to say that you will not be seeing Victor Martinez in Columbus 
uh, in March. I think that, that that would be an absolute miracle, no matter no matter what happens. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. It's unfortunate um, that you know maybe they could have. I don't want to say anyone dropped the ball because I obviously we don't know the story, but if they could have resolved this sooner, there's a chance that he could have. Um, but even then, you don't know what the circumstances, if he will be deported maybe, and right. he can't come back to even do the Arnold, even if he, he were to get out in time. Which would be, um, which would be in, he's saying in four days, you know, that's right. not going to happen. Right. Um, yeah. I, incidentally, you know, when I, when I read this, I thought to myself, God, next year is going to be a good year for Dexter Jackson um, because you got Victor Martinez. He will not be doing the Arnold. Uh, uh, Jay Cutler will not be doing the Arnold. Um, you've got uh, Branch Warren who will not be doing the Arnold unless something mir- miraculous happens. But from what I understand, that, that he will not be doing the Arnold. Uh, so it's really between like uh, Dexter and Kai pretty much for the Arnold, uh, the top guys doing the Arnold unless uh, something, you know, unless like as far as I know, Maybe Evan could come and beat him, but I mean, like, chances are this could be a really good year for Dexter Jackson. It's very true. Um, okay, next question. Next question um, he asked, which is something we've talked about before. He said, Why did you hire an immigration attorney from Florida? Well, wouldn't you have been better off with someone more local? Because, you know, remember, uh, we had talked about the um, immigration attorney having, having to conference call in, essentially, for, uh, for the meeting. So he said that was someone a friend referred me who was supposed to be one of the very best. He wasn't able to make the first hearing, but hopefully this all works out for the best. So there, there's so. your answer. So let's hope that this guy is. I'm not well versed in immigration attorney, so I don't. I don't know uh, if this guy is the top of the list or the bottom of the list. Uh, the next question, quick, he asked was, uh, "What else is going on? How's the restaurant?" He said, "I lost it while I was in here. Obviously, I couldn't run it, and I was working on a deal to bring some other people in on it, but I wasn't able to make that happen. Um, so unfortunately, he did lose lose his restaurant, kind of in the midst of all of this." Um, next is. Uh he says, I hate, for, I hate to make you think about the worst case scenario, but what if you have to end up living in the Dominican Republic? Would it really be so bad? You must have friends and family there. And Victor says, I'm not thinking about it because that's not what I'm fighting for. It won't happen. But theoretically, if it did, I would probably set up a business in uh, Punta Cana. I think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah, I, I have friends and family down there, but my kids are here. I'm not here for me. I'm here so I can be with them. If I don't don't didn't care about them, I would already be down there in Punta Cana. Uh, everything I do, especially for the, the contest, is for my kids. They That actually helped give me a lot more confidence to be the best. For a long time, I doubted myself and didn't think I could win. Then I said to myself, stop being such a whiny bitch ass. You got to take care of your kids. And um, talking to Oscar Arden, who helped... Uh, who recently helped Victor Martinez um, for the Arnold, he told me uh, that Victor had a lot, a lot of self-doubt that uh, that Oscar and he kind of broke through, that um, that Victor just kind of like was going through the motions, um, that he didn't think that he had an opportunity to, you know, proceed in his career, to make, make gains in, as far as uh, doing better in contests, that he was just kind of like, doing what he had to do to get the paychecks. He wasn't actually like thinking like, this is what I got to do to win. You know, I want to, I want to be a champion. He was thinking about like, what do I have to do to get the next paycheck? Right. So uh, that's something that I had heard about Victor. And I hope that this whole thing doesn't ruin that for him. No, hopefully not. Um, the, the next thing that, that he asked was, uh, 
He said, at the risk of getting confused as my legal knowledge is pathetic, uh, can you try to make me understand how such old cases are still working against you? How old are the cases now? So apparently there are old cases that they're bringing up. Um, I just want to say, Christina, that I feel like there's pieces of this interview like missing. That we didn't get. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that this is, I, and, and I wanted to say this at the end, but because we're getting this, this question now, I think it's, um, it's pertinent to say that reading the interview, I feel like that this maybe was edited by Victor's lawyer or maybe that, that, that somebody had to approve this and that Ron Harris is a very smart guy, a good writer and a good journalist. And I feel like we're missing pieces out of this. I agree because there isn't anything to preface this question. Um, I feel like he may have said, and I'm just speaking hypothetically here and just guesstimating what was might've been said. He, he might've said something about an old case. Like, well, you know, they're they're going back to this case back from 2001 where blah, blah, blah. And now it's at the risk of, you know, not understanding things. Why are they able to use such old cases like that? Right. So I feel like there's, yeah, little questions in there that uh, he may have just kind of flung in there that were later possibly edited out. Um, so Victor said they go back to 2000 and 2004, but the thing is, is that it's not like the regular legal system where you can only be charged once for a crime. When you are not a U.S. citizen and you have a green card, you can be charged twice. And the crazy thing is that's totally opposite for immigrants is that we are not innocent until proven guilty. We are guilty until proven innocent. Uh, deportations are at an all-time high since Obama took office. Over a million people a year, 1.3 million are getting deported now. It was less than half under Bush. And he goes in to talk about, you know, Obama and Bush and, and things like that. Um, and says, how Obama he, won't be reelected. Yeah, he, it almost sounds like, this is weird, but like when I read this, it almost sounds like he's blaming like Obama. Uh, he says Obama is weak. He won't be reelected. It seems like a really like a strange rant on Obama and, and uh, people getting deported. Um, in the midst of like an interview about him, you know? Yeah, that that was probably the question that I don't want to say it was a red flag, but just threw up a question mark in my mind. Like this doesn't really sound coherent compared to everything else. It doesn't really flow well with the tone of all the other answers that Victor had said. So yeah, seems strange. Um, oh. Your charges, Ron says, your charges were felony charges. Is that the, what most of immigration cases are also? Victor says, nope. Most of the people in here, at least 75%, are in here for misdemeanors like driving without a license. They're regular people, not thugs or felons. They're here on green cards and they work and have families. A lot of them tried to do the right thing and asked to see immigration judge, but they still got locked up. There are a lot of old guys in this place that are locked up because of misdemeanor charges from 20 years ago. It's nuts. And Ron Harris goes on to say, I had no idea. I'm sure most American citizens don't. He says, call interrupted for the fourth time, letting me know time is up. All right, Vic, I got to let you go. Hopefully you get out of here soon. And this is all just a bad memory. Victor says, me too. Happy Thanksgiving. What do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's um, like we just said a minute ago. I feel like there are questions that um, should have been answered or they were answered and then just not included in this version. Like, like, wow, this is, this is what, this is the thing is like, we don't know for sure the events that even transpired to get Victor originally locked up. So like the first thing I would do in an interview 
with Victor is say, okay, you just won uh, one of the biggest titles, you know, other than winning the Arnold, this is as big a title as he's won. You're coming home with this big paycheck. You're excited. Your girlfriend's waiting at the airport. You walk through customs. What happens? Take me through what happened. You know what I mean, right. nothing like that. Nothing is like that is in the interview. It's like it's like there's major things missing. Unless it's a legal reason why gotta be, gotta be. it's not included. Yeah. Got to be like, why doesn't he have him take him through what happened when this whole thing, when he went to court for the first time and it got rejected and he got sent back like that? That's something we don't know really what happened in court either. You know, what what is the what are the charges that are even up? What's what's going on? Why is he there? What happened with his green card? Is it, you know, nothing is said, you know, so right. it's like, I don't know. It kind of leaves me wondering what happened. And uh, and the only thing I can imagine is like you said, Christina, it's got to be a lawyer saying, you know, you, you can't say these things. You can't talk about it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing, yeah. um, that he may have answered the questions, but I'm sure they had to get everything approved by a lawyer before they put it to print. And then they had to take out those things that, you know, they, that they legally couldn't discuss publicly yet. Right. Well, let's move on from this one to the resurgence of Chad Nichols. Um, now, everybody who has been involved in bodybuilding um, for for a number of years now, even if you've only been involved for a little while, has heard of uh, Chad Nichols and is familiar with who he is. I mean, Christina, he trained not only Ronnie Coleman, you know, arguably the best bodybuilder of all time, did his diet and everything. He worked with greats like Flex Wheeler, Nasser El Sabate, Chris Cormier. I mean, it's a long, long list. And uh, he worked with Dennis Wolf. For the Olympia, in, I think 2008, 2009, and, and he had some problems. I think maybe it was, yeah, 2009 was the year that Dennis did really, really poorly and um, kind of blamed everything on Chad. That kind of backfired on Chad to the, to the degree of he almost disappeared. You know, he is the um, chairman of three states, uh, the MPC chairman of three states, puts on, I believe, five bodybuilding, MPC bodybuilding shows a year. Uh, his wife is Miss Olympia. Kim Chavesky, and uh, he kind of disappeared from the whole contest prep thing, and only recently reemerged, basically in the last I don't know year or so, training Kevin Jordan, who won uh, junior nationals, and uh, it started with Brian Yersky at nationals, and he's had a bunch of guys, and more and more guys are starting back up with Chad uh, since he started uh, being on the radio. Being on Pro Bodybuilding Radio, he basically replaced him and Chad Nichols replaced Bob Ciccarello on Pro Bodybuilding Weekly with Dan Solomon. And since then, things have been uh, on the up and up for Chad. Things are looking uh, better and better, and we're starting to see Chad helping more and more guys again. Had you heard of Chad Nichols before um, before this year? I had heard of him before, but I, I didn't really know a lot about him. I never considered him one of like the uh, the gurus or anything, you know. Um, but as this year has gone on, I've definitely heard him working with a lot more people who are, you know, fairly successful. Uh, yeah, I, I think that he has done a lot with. He started, you know, what he did is he kind of took a whole different approach. Before he worked with people who were amazing already, you know, uh, when you start working with somebody like uh, Ronnie Coleman, you know, you you got. Basically, if you're an artist, you've got the best canvas in the world you're, you're writing, drawing on, or painting on. So he's got the best materials, you know. He started with young guys that have promise, and he started to develop them. Well, uh, that's definitely, it's definitely started to pay off for Chad. And as of uh, two days ago, 
one of his old guys that he was working with for many years, Fuad Abiyad from Canada, uh, has decided to switch back from Hani Rambod back to Chad Nichols. And uh, he took uh, Fuad from a mid-level Canadian bodybuilder up there uh, all the way to his pro card and then took him from a, a, a very beginning level a low-level IFB pro to somewhere in the middle. And then Hani brought him up from sixth to fourth. And for whatever reason, he's decided to go back to Chad and uh, and kind of restart working with uh, with Chad, who kind of got him there in the first place. Maybe this is what he needs for this year, you know? I, I think that... Um, I think that it's that it's it's going to be good for him. I think that when you got somebody who took you from A to you know I don't want to say Z because he's obviously not at Z yet, but you know halfway there or more than halfway there, that's a, somebody who's done I don't know I think he's done like seven or eight preps with Chad. I think that when you have that kind of record and a very good record, Fuad got better every single year that he worked sure. with Chad. Every year he got better. It seems like a strange move to move to to move to Hani in the first place, but it's always like that. You know, you always want to. You always think sometimes that maybe you're not doing enough, or maybe somebody knows more, or whatever it is. Well, he switched over to Hani, and for whatever reason, he's decided to go back. You know, to somebody who knows his body probably better. Well, yeah, especially since he's worked with him in the past, it's not like he's starting from scratch. No. Um, he knows, you know, where he's, if he's carb sensitive, if, if he's not the type of diet that works best for him. So, you know, if, if he's the guy to do the job, then why not work with him the whole way? Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm happy to see Chad back on the scene. You know, Chad, I've talked to him many times at contests now, and he's somebody who really loves bodybuilding, and uh, he's very entrenched in the sport as an MPC chair chairman, uh, as a contest promoter, and as a as a guru. And the guy has got more stories and more experience than anybody out there, you know, with the exception of maybe Chris Aceto, who's been doing it for uh, just as long, or maybe even a little longer. Uh, I'm glad to see him coming back, and. Uh, I think that we're going to be seeing more and more of Chad Nichols on the scene as uh, as he keeps coming. I 100% agree with you. Now, a weird story. We don't usually do stories like this, but I thought it was interesting. I thought it was, I, I guess, ridiculous and funny and kind of weird all at the same time. And interestingly enough, you had already read the story probably on the boards a few days ago uh, about the naked bodybuilder attacking the uh, couple. This is hilarious. Um, hilarious and interesting all at the same time. Um, I'll go ahead and I, I'll read kind of what the story says here. Yeah, the the title, the, the headline rather, says naked bodybuilder attack leaves couple badly hurt. <laughs> so this is a naked bodybuilder. Um, so it says police say a naked 300 pound bodybuilder savagely beat a Southern California couple at their home, leaving them in critical condition. Um, it goes on to say that the 22 year old Ruben Arzur possibly, uh, apparently was, this, this is the best part, apparently was under the influence of steroids and other drugs. And it took four police officers, two stun gun blasts and four sets of handcuffs to restrain him. It says the couple came home late Saturday to find this guy naked on the front porch of their home. Um, when he was confronted by the husband, police say the bodybuilder attacked the man, causing major head trauma. The wife called police, emergency dispatcher. Uh, they went and picked her up. 
Uh, the kid picked her up, threw her around, causing facial injuries and multiple cuts to her head. He was booked on suspension uh, suspicion of attempted suicide. Homicide, I'm sorry, attempted homicide. So we now have a 300-pound bodybuilder um, who's 22 years old. Bodybuilder in quotations. Right. Uh, the interesting thing is, that Aaron and I, we talked a little bit about off the air, what the hell qualifies someone as a bodybuilder? I, I want to uh, tell you, like, I, if he's a 300-pound, 22-year-old bodybuilder, I think that, you know, if I were to Google him, Google being what it is these days on the internet, I would find a picture of him, even if it's not a, necessarily a flattering picture. We'd find some pictures. Uh, I found nothing, but what I did find that was more disturbing than a naked picture of a 300-pound bodybuilder is that every freaking news outlet, practically in the world, every major news outlet has picked oh, yeah. up the story. You, if you Google this kid's name, you're only going to find story. Yeah. This story, copy and pasted on every other news outlet, media outlet, board, anywhere in America, and probably internationally at this point. And all of them are talking about steroids. It's like you look at. I mean, it's literally it is unbelievable. You go to like the Huffington Post, ABC News, CNN. I mean, it just list goes on and on. Everywhere from the Dallas News to freaking. Uh, the the London Times is talking about th- this is a quote <laughs> steroids are bad news dude <laughs> that's it madmikesamerica.com <laughs> that's the title of the thing so that th- they are basically saying because the, how this article was written because he was under the influence of steroids and other drugs uh, he did this it's just amazing because the word steroids are in there if you take out the word steroids you know what? This wouldn't be the story. Wouldn't be shit. It wouldn't be. Nobody would be picking this up. It would be a story about a little town in California where this naked, crazy person hit two hit two people. Basically, it would essentially be this twenty-two-year-old fat kid. Yeah. Went and beat up some people on their front lawn, and he was probably stoned out of his mind or tweaked out of his mind. They didn't know what was going on. Um, the thing is, is you know, like like we said, what qualifies someone as a bodybuilder? Like he could be three hundred pound fat kid who's done a cycle or two because he's twenty two years old. He probably told them. He probably when they arrested him. They're like, "What drugs are you on?" He's like, uh, "Steroids, steroids." Right. Right. The steroids made me do it. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. And, and and I guess um, the the thing that surprises me is, you know, obviously we're in a um, a industry where this this type of use is not um, uh, hidden. We all know um, to be the best, you you know what you have to do to get there. Um, no, to, that's be, not- to, 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 to be anybody. I mean, I mean, the, the to be the best. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying, but. Anybody who's doing an NPC show, unless they're maybe a bantamweight or something, is probably on some kind of form performance-enhancing drug, whether it just be prescription testosterone or everything under the sun. But, you know, and we know that all of those people, literally we had, I mean, there was there 950 people um, at Nationals in Miami. Unbelievable. Nobody attacked anybody naked. It was unbelievable. That's what I was going to say. The, the, the attack thing, you know, whatever. But it, it's this naked thing that's really throwing me for a loop. It's as if, you know, there's never been a time where I've been at a show and it's some bodybuilder strung out on steroids. And they're like, you know, I really got this urge to be naked right now. Like, <laughs> did he, that, that's, that's, that's the thing that's throwing me. Like, all right, so he's going to use steroids as his, you know, crutch. Um, that it's because of this that he beat someone up. Okay, well, you throw the naked in there. That just says that you're nuts. 
It doesn't say yeah. that you're any more aggressive than the next person. You're just a crazy weirdo fat kid who is blaming it on something that is completely irrelevant. You know, it's um, funny. If you change the bodybuilder to a men's physique competitor, this whole story <laughs> changes completely. It's a much better story. <laughs> the, the funny thing that, that I, I found in here was it said it took four police officers, two stun gun blasts, and four sets of handcuffs. Yeah, because the kid's 300 pounds. And because he's on crystal meth. Right. And he's naked. <laughs> that's, that's the story. <laughs> All right. I'm done. My, I've got my laugh for the night. So yeah, That's that's our, our goofy story of the night. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's when I Googled this originally to try to find a picture of him, I mean, it is mine. I, I encourage people to do it just to see how mind-blowing it is, the amount of coverage that this story has, where nobody was like, I mean, she had some abrasions. They say he had major head trauma. I'm sure, like these guys are all going to live. You know what I mean? This sure. happens. This is this same thing. Suspicion of attempted homicide. That kind of charge or something in, in a much greater degree probably happens hundreds of times. I know it happens hundreds of times that night around the country, and we don't hear about any of them except for this one, and it's all over everywhere. No, and the fact that this kid, um, because of this, because of especially because of the steroid comment. Um, he, you Google his name the rest of his life. Oh, forever. The, kid, the kid's 22. He's ruined any chances of him ever becoming successful just about at anything <laughs> professional. Because if anyway, if you get a resume for any type of job, the first thing you do, and I've done interviews before um, hiring people, you Google their name. Of course. You, you, you find out what type of person and if all that this you know employer is singing, you're a naked, strung out you know, bodybuilder killing people or trying to kill people. They're not going to hire you. No, no. So maybe I could be wrong. Maybe he could turn his life around and be an advocate. Um, I don't know. For bodybuilding. Maybe that's his only choice. He's going to almost choice <laughs> that for a career is to do something like that now. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so our interview of the week uh, was somebody that I haven't talked to before. Uh, I haven't done it. Well, I've talked to, but I haven't interviewed before. Uh, 1983, Mr. Olympia, Samir Banu. Um, very interested in talking to him, not just because he is Mr. Olympia and he is um, actually an IFBB Hall of Famer, class of 2002 Hall of Famer, but because he is going to be competing this weekend in Miami. Uh, Dave Palumbo, myself, Chris Aceto, uh, and Dariel will all be in Miami to cover the show this weekend. And um, everybody had been telling me how good Samir looks. Now, I'm friends with um, Chrissy Chin and Troy Johnson, who works for Gaspari, um, husband and wife. And they train with Samir regularly. And Chrissy trains with him, I think, every day or most every day. And he, Troy will not stop telling me how good he looks. And so uh, I, I got on the phone with Samir and we talked for a little while. And, and he was in the mood to do an interview. And I was very happy to uh, to do one with him because the guy is extremely confident. And uh, I have no idea what to expect. But it was a great interview. And uh, I think everybody will enjoy listening to it. And I can't, I can't wait to see this weekend more than anything to see Samir. It'll be interesting for sure. Uh, let me ask you, Christina. If Samir Banu, I won't go crazy and say top three. I mean, he says, you know, I think that's what he's shooting for. But let's just say Samir Banu gets seventh place or sixth place and he beats somebody like a Bill Wilmore and a Tricky Jackson. Uh, he gets like somewhere around sixth place, okay? And he okay. beats some established IFBB pros, maybe even beats like an Ed Nunn. Will that make this the biggest story of the year? Well, first he's got to beat him. 
Well, no, I'm, this I, is hypothetical. I'm not, I know, I know. We're, we're but let's but let's, let's hypothetical that one first. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, well, I if it know. if it if it does, then yes, I think it it will be probably one of the biggest stories of the year. Yes, I got to think a guy who's retired, former Mister Olympia, makes a return to the stage after 16 years. I think he told me of retirement. He gets back on stage and he beats you know guys. If he beats an Ed Nunn, that's a guy who's you know. A top 15, top 10 guy, an Olympia guy. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be huge. That would be enormous. I mean, that's what I'm hoping will happen, honestly. Not that I, I want to see Ed Nunn or Tricky or any of these guys lose, but I'm just hoping for the big story, and that would be that would be enormous. You know, That would be a very, very big story. True. Um, so... That's you're just out. You're just out for the story, Aaron. That's it. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. That's, <laughs> I'm kidding, that is I'm the kidding. truth. I mean, I, I, I would love to see Samir do well, but I, I do. I am excited that it could be a tremendous story, and I can't wait to see how he looks. Regardless, it's an accomplishment, you know, for him to get back yeah. on stage. I'm sure he's going to look uh, good for. I mean, he's 56 years old. He's been retired for you know umpteen years. So to get on stage and on IV Pro stage again uh, is an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And uh, even 12th place, and there's only 12 guys at this point, walks away with five grand, so he's going to make a little money no matter what. That's more than I can say. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. So uh, that's it for this week, Christina. Thank you very much. Everybody tune in after the commercial break for the interview. And uh, Christina, I guess next time we talk, I will be back from Miami, and you will have done what? I'll still be in Chicago. (laughs) How was was Bros vs. Pros? Bros vs. Pros was a blast. Um, I, we talked a little bit about it on Muscle Girls this week, but uh, definitely if uh, everyone listening, if you haven't checked it out, you're, you'll have to watch the uh, the Battle of the Sexes bowling tournament for the uh, Celebrity Bowl-a-thon, that, uh, our bowling tournament that we all did, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, because we had the dogs, we had to leave about halfway through the Bros vs. Pros, so we saw the deadlifting and um, the 405 deadlifting, and we didn't get to stay for the curls, but um, it was a great time. I used to train at Jack Gym, actually, when I lived in Aurora. Um, I live about 40 minutes away from there now, but um, awesome gym. Byron and Tammy are like so cool. We're really good friends, so uh, it was a really, really good time uh, while they were here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Christina, I'm looking forward to watching all the videos, and I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Hydrolyze Ultra, the leader in cellular hydration water. Hydrolyze Ultra water has been designed by shrinking and reshaping molecules to allow a faster and more sustained delivery into your cells. Our cellular water has gone through a magnetism and laser treatment process, along with adding electrolytes to our special ingredients. This allows all nutrients to be absorbed at a maximum cellular state. By using Hydrolyze Ultra, all nutrients, supplements, and carbohydrates you consume will be absorbed at a greater rate. Lactic acid gets flushed fast and you'll feel fully hydrated. Get the advantage that top athletes have achieved. Try Hydrolyze Ultra today. Visit HydrolyzeUltra.com. That's HydrolyzeUltra.com. Are you tired all day, not making the gains you like? Are you taking a long time to recuperate from your workouts? Then you may be suffering from sleep apnea and not even know it. Sleep apnea affects over 68% of athletes and it may be interfering with your performance. WinningEdgeSleep.com was developed by IFBB pro athlete Dr. Derling Castro to help athletes find out if they have this problem and how to fix it. WinningEdgeSleep.com because sleep is the most anabolic agent there is. WinningEdgeSleep.com. Visit them today. 
flexmuscle.com. Now you have a place to turn when you want the truth on bodybuilding, diet and exercise, up to the minute news and more. Visit the rxmuscle.com forums featuring celebrity Q&As with IFBB professional athletes, top amateurs and the brightest minds in the industry. Listen to our weekly radio shows including Heavy Muscle Radio, Muscle Girls Inc., After Hours and more. Contest coverage, videos, even our own social networking site, Rx Muscle Place. Visit rxmuscle.com. I'd like to welcome to Access Bodybuilding for the very first time the 1983 Mr. Olympia, the Lion of Lebanon, Samir Banu. Samir, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much, Aaron. How you doing? Very good, very good. I'm excited for this weekend. We're going to be seeing you make a return to the stage after, how many years has it been, Samir, since you've been on stage? Um, I would say mostly. 18 years, approximately. 18 years. I mean, the last time I really competed seriously and won a show was a 90 Houston Invitational. Wow. And after that, I did a couple shows in Europe. But I think at 92, 91, 92, I stopped competing altogether after Helsinki. Well, in, uh, in 2002, you were inducted into the IFBB Hall of Fame. At that time, which is, right. this is this is now nine years ago, at that time, did you ever think that you'd be coming back and competing again? No, not at all. I had no idea. But, I mean, uh, Jaka Lori, the promoter of the show, she put this idea in front of me. She said, I'm thinking about doing this show and by all the master. And the talk was that she wanted to do, like, guys, all the master. I mean... She said from 40 up. And I said, well, you should do two categories because there's a 40 and a 50. Right. But listen, I'm not chicken. I'm, I'm going for anything. I'll, I'll go against anybody. I will. I think I can still hold my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, uh, like guys like Dexter Jackson, they're like, you know, 42, 43 years old. And when they compete against guys like Gary Schreiter and myself, were like 55, 56 years old. Sure. So that's like, there's a drastic uh, difference in age, you see? Of course. <laughs> so, but anyway, no excuses. I'm happy and I'm looking forward to step on stage with all the big guys. It, you know, I hope they come in very, very big. I'll be very happy to be very huge. Because <laughs> I'm going to be really, really ripped. That is all my what I care about. Right. So I'm going to talk about the details. Um, so. Let me ask you, Samir, I just want to touch on this for a second because it's not really the, the key because at this point, it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to compete and I'm sure you're going to, you know, you're going to bring the best you possibly can. But when you originally heard about this idea and when I heard about it at nationals, not this most recent nationals in Miami, but the the, the past nationals when uh, uh, the president, Jim Mannion, talked to Dave and I and mentioned that this show is really going to happen for sure. And he started telling people about it. We kind of thought that when it was the return of the legends, we kind of envisioned the show having more uh, like you were saying more of the legends you know as great as Dexter Jackson is and as great as Tony Freeman is I really don't think of them yet as as legends you know you're somebody who has been um, who's in the IFBB Hall of Fame you know um, so and uh, obviously Mr. Olympia so I don't know what you're saying I don't know what you're saying I mean 
to make, I think, guys that really can compete and do what Albert Beckles has done at the age of 55 and up to 60, I think that would be amazing. Sure. If you can come back and tip top. I mean, would love to see Larry Scott try to come back. I mean, could you do it at, at an older age? Yes, you can. This is bodybuilding. It's not basketball. That's a slam dunk. That's it. I know. So you could train smart, you know, you could still use heavy weight and you don't have to use extremely heavy weight. And uh, you learn as you go forward that what, what's your requirement, how your body uh, functions years later. And I think we could have more legend instead of recent. I mean, you know, having Dexter stepping up on the stage against me, I welcome him because I mean, Dexter's a great champion. Again, the age, 13, 14 years in age different, I consider that as a slightly unfair. But nevertheless, I am looking forward to battle with him. And my chances are not good, but my chances are excellent. Mm, good. And, uh, you know, I know Gary Stratham would be very fair for a guy like me to go head to head with Gary Stratham. Because Gary Stratham is 56 years old. Have you seen Gary Stratham and you live, um, I guess you're not right next to each other, but uh, don't don't you still, do you live in Santa Monica now, Samir? Are you around that area? No, I I live actually in Porter Ranch. I mean, it will take me 15 minutes, I'll be at Gold Gym in Santa Monica. So does that mean that you ever see Gary? Have you seen him training? I see him a lot. I see him a lot. I mean, actually, I was helping Gary. I worked with him on his posing routine. Two years ago, he was in a compete at a show, and he looked incredible. He was still in great shape. And and I and I said, Gary, I think you know you, it can improve your posing. Once you be once you control your back a little bit more, I think your uh, your chance of winning will improve. Because you know he had his when he had a back pose for some reason he does not grab that. You know, he does not hit it right when he do a high spread or double bicep. Or maybe his genetics. So, you know, yeah, he needs a little bit more improvement. He's got such a massive chest and shoulders and arms. But again, God God never created any perfect human being yet. So Sure. Yeah. Well, Samir, what what can you tell me about the differences dieting uh however many 16 years ago for your last show and, and dieting now, what is the difference in the, in your body, how it responds, and what what is the prep been like this time compared to your memories of last time dieting for a pro show? Well, the muscle memory is easy. For me to gain the mass, it's not, it's not difficult at all. And, uh, yeah, you do have to diet a little harder. In fact, once I get the hang of it, my metabolism starts to get faster, and I started my diet uh, weighing 228 four months ago. And today, I'm 200 pounds right on the money. Wow. And this is my Mr. Olympia 83 weight in 1985 when I won the professional world championship in uh, Worcester and Boston. I, you know, I was at 202, 203. But, uh, you know, I talked with some close friends like Frank Zane, Andreas Collin, my former coach, and like, 
I used to be coached by Dr. Eric Sandwich, who was a bodybuilder. Also, he, at the time, he used to coach Tom Platt and I. And they all felt that I would do better on a lighter weight. Mm-hmm. Samir, you, you have to go on that stage, look to the bone at 200 pounds, and I think your chances will be much, much better. In fact, you'll be very intimidating at slice to the bone at 200. Mm. So, I guess it worked, you know. My 200 pounds, actually, when 196 was enough to drop Lee Haney at 245, <laughs> and right. Bertha Fox, he was a monster at the time, and in shape, it was enough to drop guys like Frank Zane with Mr. Olympics three time. So, I think uh, people should never take a 196 or 200 pound body for granted because I know this is a golden era. I mean, this is the old, the new school. But uh, I think under the light, the illusion is created by how beautiful your line and how deep is your, your separation and your detail. I mean, hardness. So, I know, I've done my work, I've done all I could, and uh, from there on, you know, I actually finished my last workout this morning. Uh-huh. I have not a milligram set on my body. I don't know, maybe milligram, but I don't have uh, a <laughs> gram. I don't know. I mean, I am just lean as ever, and uh, tomorrow I will start doing, use it in a funny term, the rehab. <laughs> I need to recuperate now. Recuperation is the main factor for me right now. So, <clears throat> so we'll go to Miami and uh, fine tune everything, put that reserve back in place. And but yes, there is a major difference when you get older. Uh, depend on your your genetic, but uh, it'll get more difficult for a guy like me in many ways because. I have a family, I have a wife and three kids, and it's almost impossible to be living in solitary confinement and focus with this meaning. It's, you know, I did it at home, living with my wife and kids. And, uh, you know, you don't get the rest that you want when you kids jump around and play basketball around you and raise hell, but, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I know Frank James used to escape from Santa Monica to Palm Springs to be on his own. And I personally used to go to a different country where I could train and be, me, myself, and I, just all three of us focused. Right. So you really have to put 100% total vision into what you do. What does your wife and so kids think of this, Samir? Oh, my kids, wow, wow, dad, oh my God, look at this, 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 oh, my dad, look at this, oh my, I mean, they make me flex every, every once in a while, you know, <laughs> dad, let me see, let me see, biggest friend from school, dad, please, this sucks your cash, you the fiber, like, I said, yes, sir, <laughs> they, they want to see what I look like, you know, but they actually saw the transformation, and so my kids, like, wow, Dad, you gonna look like that in that picture that you have on the wall? <laughs> I have a picture from 83 where my legs are so ripped and separated and you should drop a quarter on one of the 
slot. You lose it. The separation was so deep. Right. And so right now we're back to that condition. Your kids have never seen that before, right? No, they've never seen me compete, but right now they can see me. So what I'm going to take Jesse and Sergio to Muscle Rock and shoot some pictures to have of your family with me. Oh, cool. Muscle Rock. Cool. <laughs> you know? So I'm trying to stay in that condition for a while and just do quite a bit of videos. And Because we're launching a supplement line, by the way. Oh, okay. What do you, what, what's the plan with that? We'll be on international LLCs, but new nutrition. So we have a nice line, and I sincerely want you to know that I have been using my own line, uh, uh, some of the products that I have, the way uh, uh, I have a special way, protein that is sweetened with stevia extract, mm -hmm. and now when I'm on low carb, I use like six egg white and one scoop of that. I mix them together, they make a beautiful drink. I put a little strawberry in there, Hmm. It tastes good. It's a meal. Hmm. I use egg white pasteurized, right, and mix it with that protein. And uh, uh, I've been using several of my products. I have this uh, a pro uh, uh, amino acid pro nitro. I wake up in the middle of the night. I take like five capsules every time to go mm -hmm. to urinate or something. They take five of them. You know. <laughs> Uh, the main goal was to really come out with a good product line, and then we really worked very hard, and just to show the baby boomer that can, it can be done. Right, of course. And uh, so, yeah, we're launching those line uh, supplement in Miami, God's willing, on December 10th. Oh, very cool, very cool. Um, mm -hmm. How can how can people find out more about that? Uh, Samir, you have a website you're launching also? Well, eventually, yeah. Well, well I, we have an old website, which is right now going to be changed, but even the prices are different. But it is www.samirbanut.com or benutnutrition.com. Right. Cool. Everybody should is, check uh, You'll see there will be major alteration and the new product will be in there. It's just the fact that I'm competing. I couldn't do everything. And I have our management and staff that are doing all that. I'm not going to bother with anything in Miami. They're going to go, they're going to go down one the show and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you there. Some of course. You say you're coming back. Now, Samir, one last question. So, I, I know you're not only up. not only competing, you but and you follow the sport. Unlike a lot of guys from your from that have that have been uh, uh, involved that were that were legends in the sport or that it still are legends in the sport. Not everybody follows the sport as closely as you still do. I wanted to get a, a review. the The season is over. Other than this last show in Miami coming up next weekend, the season is over for 2011. There's no more shows. Can you give me your feelings on this past season? Who, who are you impressed with? And kind of give me like an overview of what you thought of the of this year in bodybuilding. Well, I think this year was good. I mean, I'd like to see, uh, I like the fact Phil Heath is a good Mr. Olympia. And um, I kind of, two days ago, I was at Vaughn's late at night buying some things that I needed and picked up the magazine with him on the cover. And I glanced into the pictures and I saw that it was very impressive. He was armed. Huge, thick, full all the way. But you know, I like the must be a little more grainy, more detail in it. You know, I mean, size is 
and you know it's good to be big but I love the hardness and the separation and deep detail I mean shoulders can be round and looking hard but I love to see striation in them I love that look muscle fiber and the chest cross cuts uh, I thought so really is lacking in that department. He's not lacking in mass or, uh, oh, by the way, he won that show hands down. There was no doubt about it. There's no if and but. In my opinion, I was actually with Troy Johnson and then, uh, and, and, you know, I thought you could choose uh, that uh, the minute so he stepped on the stage. Mm-hmm. I told everybody, 100%, I'll put my money on Phil. He's winning today from the first minute. And Troy Johnson said, oh, he was like going for a tie green. Uh-huh. Well, tie green looks good, but I, you know, I saw, I mean, you probably agree with me. Yeah. I think Phil, he's one hand down. I did too. I did too. <laughs> so, congratulations to Phil. He's a great champion. But, I mean, you know, like I said, you asked me about what I think of this past season. I think this sport is doing good. I'd love to see more uh, beautiful physique. I'd like to see harmony in bodybuilding and artistic posing that I still don't see it, you know? Everybody wants to go up there, look massive, and be as hard as possible, but they're just missing the point of the art of bodybuilding. It's a performing art. Nobody hitting a double biceps or a side chest or most of them make themselves look really pretty. You know, I mean, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I go through these discussions with Frank Zane. Frank, I talk to Frank Zane every couple days. Uh-huh. And and I said, Frank, he, Frank asked me, he said, look, I want you to get to that show at 200 pounds. I said, Frank, I think you're right, and I think the lighter I am, the more harmony in line I'll have. And big evidence of this, look at what Lila brought up all along at 185, 190, never more, you know? Right, right. And he was beating all the big guys, so you don't have to be the biggest guy to be the best guy. So Frank would suggest, he suggested that to be 200 pounds on you, only five, six and a half. It's like 215 pounds on me. Mm-hmm. He's about five, nine and a half. Right. And, you know, yeah, Samir, uh, go on stage 200, 202 slice. I'm not going to tell you more than you will be a front runner without a doubt. I will have it difficult for anyone to beat you in that kind of condition. I said, considering, he said, as long as you look like you did in 82 and 83. <laughs> hmm. I said, yeah, Frank, I look like that, but except my hair is not the same. That has changed. So uh, we laughed about it, you know, and um, Frank is cool. He said, listen, really, trust me, for this. just come in dry. I don't care if you're 195 or 202, but come in dry. Well, the fat work is done, Aaron, and hopefully you'll be a good judge there, checking things out with David and, and uh, Chris Acido. Yeah. 
be good to see you guys for yeah. sure. We're we're very much looking forward to it. Let me let me ask you one last question. Do you yes, think sir. do you think that you have a shot, Samir? Of qualifying because the top three do qualify. This is the last. Uh, this is the last show possibly ever where the top three qualify for the Olympia. Is there a shot that we we might see Samir Binu qualified for the Olympia again next year in 2012? I'm always qualified for the. Olympia, oh, that's right. You're 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 Mr. Olympia. So you can always come back. When you're Mr. Olympia, you are qualified for the Olympia. But you know what? It's a good point. You know, I feel. Let's see based on how I'll do in this show. Okay. And if I'm going to be the newest giant killer, so be it. And let me just tell you this on the record. Okay. With five pounds of glycogen, and I am on Monday here. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday. And so uh, four days of good recovery, I should regain my glycogen to the point where I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. And when that comes in, I guarantee you'll be happy with my result. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be arrogant that. right now, but I'm going to tell you, Christmas has come back early, okay? <laughs> Christmas is early, coming back very early. The, and you know what? Hey, Rob, while you're talking to me, I just got a plate of food. I have about eight ounces of filet mignon. Nice. I have about four, half a squash. And I have uh, some yellow squash, green squash, some onion. Uh, my wife just brought that with me, and she didn't know that I'm talking on the radio. So I told her, "What <laughs> I, I, I put my 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 finger on my mouth." <laughs> so uh, we're gonna woof this in a heartbeat, and uh, I really look forward to see you guys and. We will talk over there, you know. I'm sure you want to do a show there, right? Absolutely, absolutely. We'll definitely, I'm sure Dave will want to interview you and we'll do like a pre-interview and everything. But Samir, I will let you go eat. Thank you very much for coming on the show and Come spending a little time with us. We appreciate it, man. It is my pleasure. It's a great talking to you, Aaron. Absolutely. Look forward to see you in Miami.